Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. But is it that she didn't like him or she just felt uncomfortable having someone there all the time? Um, at first, like, we were all friends and stuff and we were all, like, we would all hang out and sit on the couch and whatever and, like, all three hang out. But then, um, she started hanging out with her boyfriend more, so I had him over more because all my stuff was there. It was honestly just easier at the moment. This is the plaintiff, Erica Kalaman. She says she and the defendant met in college and they decided to get an apartment together. They both signed the lease and then, a short time later, the defendant flaked out on her and abruptly moved out, leaving her to pay all the expenses on her own. That's certainly not fair. She can't seem to get the defendant to pay up and is here today suing for the $1,664.58 she says she's owed. This is the defendant, Cassandra Lavoy. She says everything was fine in the beginning. But the plaintiff gave her boyfriend a key to the place, and that's when the trouble started. He was there 24-7. She was uncomfortable always having to be around both of them, and they would be under the influence of things. The landlord told the plaintiff she could switch to a one-bedroom. The plaintiff chose to stay in the two-bedroom, and she doesn't feel she's responsible to pay for the plaintiff to live in a bigger place by herself. She's accused of running out on a roommate. All parties, please use your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The litigants are not actors. They are involved in legitimate disputes, and they have agreed to have those disputes settled here in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Leanne is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. All right, Ms. Callaman and Ms. Lavoy. Uh, so the two of you are how old? How old are you, Ms. Callaman? 19. And how about you, Ms. Lavoy? I just turned 20. Okay. So you two met in college in New York? In North Carolina. Um, in North Carolina. In North Carolina. And then you decided to go to college, to the same college or different colleges in Florida, and decided to be roommates? Same. The same college and decided to be roommates. And the agreement between the two of you was that you would split all the costs and all of the, of the utilities, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. So, Ms. Callaman, you move in when? June... Mid-June sometime. I don't know the exact date, but of okay. 2019. So the lease, the lease went from June to the end of May of the following year? It went um, throughout June, and the last day of it was July 1st. But we had to give 60 days notice to move out, 
So um, I gave okay. the 60 days notice, and then by then it was July 1st for that. All right. Anyway, the first few months that stuff is happening, you think it's okay, everything's fine, but then at some point the defendant does raise a concern to you, and what was the concern she raised? Um, so she had said that she was not comfortable with um, my boyfriend at the time being there. So um, I addressed it with him, and I started, like, taking me and my dog over and, like, hanging out there for the night and stuff. So we progressively spent less time at the apartment, um, but we wouldn't be there. And then Cassandra would be at her boyfriend's apartment, and she wouldn't even, like, notice that we weren't there sometimes. So it's like I was trying to not be there with him as much. But also, like, but is it that she didn't like point, him, or she just felt uncomfortable having someone well, there all the time? Um, at first, like, we were all friends and stuff, and we were all like, we would all hang out and sit on the couch and whatever, and like, all three hang out. But then, um, she started hanging out with her boyfriend more, so I had him over more because all my stuff was there. It was honestly just easier at the moment. But um, when she raised the concern, I started you know, having like a little overnight bag and going somewhere else and not being there quite right. as much. But so yeah. when she raises a concern, I've read the text, she basically says, you know, I don't want that male energy when I'm, you know, I, when I took a shower and mm -hmm. I'm coming out of the shower, I don't want to constantly see somebody there. You gave him the key. And I think at yeah. this point, that was the second boyfriend you'd had that semester. So, you know, there had been someone else with the key. And she, so she raises a concern and what do you do? He no longer had the key. Like he okay, did, so but you guys he, work so, it out. Um, you say to her, yeah. You say to her, I'm sorry, and you know, and you guys patch it up. There's no problem at that point, according to you. It was just kind of weird because, like, once something was said, it came in like a you know that weird energy in between. Like, okay, we talked about it. It should be getting better, but it's for some reason it's just broken to the point where it's not. Um, and I knew she was, like, missing her family and stuff and wanted to go home, and I knew that, like, the current, because, you know, all of our works got shut down and stuff, she couldn't quite do that. It was just a lot of pressure on her part, which I get that. Yeah, so was, let's get to, actually, to let's fast forward a bit. Yeah. Hold on one second. The day that the problems happen between you two uh, on the text where she tells you, you know, it's not fair to me, I'm paying rent, and... Um, I don't want to constantly see somebody out there. Do you remember what date that that was? Honestly, no. I was at okay. work while um, that was all happening, so I ended up going into the bathroom at work and calling her on the phone because I was like, I can't and? do this texting stuff right now. This isn't working. So it was like a half an hour right. phone call, and then um, in that phone call, we, like, talked about it, like, it was one of those whole, like, oh, we're crying, like, everything's going to be, at the moment, it all I'm seemed sorry, like I'm sorry. okay at the end of it. Right. But, um, okay. So, to, so, I have a question for you. Do you know when it is that you sent that text, the one that talks about, I just think our apartment life should be strictly ours for me to be happy? There's no date on the text that was sent to me. That's why I'm asking you. Do you know when you sent yeah, that? Yeah, no, um... Ms. Lavoy? Yes, February. The, so that was in February. February what? I think um, the beginning of February, I want to say. I'm not 100% okay, sure. Okay, so at but... the beginning of February, you expressed to her, look, it's just kind of creepy. I don't want somebody around so much, and, you know, and I'm not looking to move down here just to be lonely. I think that you kind of felt like she 
uh, had been your friend, and then she got a boyfriend, and then, like, you weren't really seeing her. So when she says, oh, we'll spend more time at his house, that's also, you didn't want that either. You wanted her to kind of find a happy medium where you guys could still hang out and stuff like that. Am I right? Well, I mean, that wasn't a huge concern for me. She could have lived her life the way that she had wanted to. If she wanted to spend more time with her boyfriend and not spend time with me, I would have been perfectly fine with that because I was also working a lot and focusing a lot on myself and hanging out with my boyfriend at the time. So it wasn't a huge concern to me that she'd be home at all. Okay, really. so then there's apparently no problem in early February. There's just two roommates that have an issue and they work it out and they cry and they kiss kiss and we're fine. But then March happens, March 2020, and COVID. You had gone back home to where? Where's home for you, Ms. LaBoy, New Hampshire? New Hampshire. But also, I just wanted to make a so when quick you, point. Yeah, but hold on. I'm apologize. in the middle of asking you a question. So you yeah, go home to New Hampshire. Do you go up for spring break, or do you go up to flee COVID? No. Uh, I actually went up to visit my dad for his birthday in March. His, his birthday is March 21st. And okay. that's the reason. So that I was you happen to go up just back. about the time that everything goes nuts. You go up and then you end up deciding to stay in New Hampshire because w during your visit, it became very evident that the nation was going to have a shutdown. So you end up staying, correct? No, it wasn't because of the shutdown. I had communicated my issues with my family in December because this had been a long term problem. Her boyfriend had been staying in the apartment before Christmas even hit and before I'd even come home for Christmas. So these were concerns that have been happening for months and months. And in February, it was the first time in text that I had brought it up. So by the time March came around and I came home, I told my family even more of what was going on. I had communicated with my mother and we had tried to figure out a solution to best make sure that I was going to be safe and I was going to be successful in the transition. When you say and safe and successful, that, what are you referring to? I'm just referring to the environment that Erica and her boyfriend had created when they would come home um, on drugs, essentially, illegal ones. Um, so. I can't, no, I need you um, to hold on and I need you to tell me who you, stop, 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 okay. stop, stop. Ms. Okay. I'm gonna, Ms. LaBoy, I'm asking you a question. What made you feel that you couldn't move back there? The, the reason I had felt so strongly about not moving back there, essentially the last straw was when I had called the um, Clearwater Police Department and they had verified that if they had found anything in the apartment that I would have also been in trouble for it. And the only way to keep myself safe was to be vacant of the apartment. Okay. Do you have any proof the police told you that? Unfortunately, no. It was just a phone call. Okay. So tell me this. Um, uh, what did you fear might be, quote, found in the apartment? What drugs were in the apartment? Um, the three things that I were told, or the two things that I were told about and I witnessed in person were first Xanax, second acid on the very last night that I was actually inside of my apartment. And then I also have a text from her saying that she was going to do Molly. Okay. But you actually, uh, have a text from her where she sends you a photograph of some plants, correct? Yes. And those plants were where? In the apartment? Yes. They were inside of the apartment. Those plants are what? Were they marijuana? What were they? Yes, they were. Okay. Tell me about what you guys were growing in there and who was growing what. They were marijuana plants because, okay, so Cassandra and I were getting weed from her boyfriend because he was 28 and sold marijuana. And also he tried to get us, both of us, to go get codeine prescribed to us so that he could sell it. Um, I didn't personally go. I'm not on Cassandra's behalf. She told me she did, but I don't know. 
But um, okay, so when okay, so let me ask you a question. When when she says when she says I was appalled at the drugs that were going on, that's according to you not accurate. You guys were totally on the same page over there. And when she says she was appalled at the fact that you were bringing the guy over, she also had a boyfriend, correct? Yes, I have about a hundred pictures of us. And did she ever bring? You have a hundred pictures of the two of you smoking weed together. Okay. Yeah, like she, so, she was also. So I have to figure out what the truth is in this case. Cassandra, you're trying to not have to pay anything when you're in the middle of an obligation with a roommate for a lease, okay? And so you are painting a picture for me where you are trying to argue a concept in the law called constructive eviction, which means things were so bad at that apartment that it's as though she had evicted you because it was unsafe, because there were drugs going on, because there was always the boyfriend there, and that you had brought that up with her previously, and you had brought that up with your parents, and that the the text where you tell her I'm moving out is just the last straw. That's your version. Her version is COVID, and you just bailed. So you're gonna have to tell me, I'm gonna read to you your text, and you tell me why it's as you're saying and not as she's saying. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You write her a text on March 27th, which I presume is when you came back to Florida uh, after your visit with uh, your folks, and you get all your belongings and move out. She says to you, did you get home okay? And you answer, yeah, I got home good you're feeling better. Did the both of you catch it? Did, were you both sick? I was waitressing on the beach and I started not feeling good that day, but I, I'm going to be 100%. I never texted or anything for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I stopped working no, did you, though, do I you, had to. So. Did you think you end up ca- catching it or no? Like, did you ever get tested or no? I never got tested. Also, I'm one of those people, though, I like if I would have gotten it, I probably wouldn't have even felt that I really had it besides being a little like run down. So hopefully not. (laughs) All right. So look, when I'm looking at the text, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing you fly back at the end of March from New Hampshire and she texts you. Did you get home? Okay. And you answer, yeah, I got home. It's good. You're feeling better. She answers that. Not really. And you dropped the bomb on her on March 27th. I'm sorry, I wish you weren't sick. I wanted to tell you in person, but I'm heading back to New Hampshire permanently. I didn't take any action with the lease, but I called and they said we could remove me. And you show proof of three times the income. Also got an update that work is closed until the 18th of April for the mall. Of course, it's ended up being a lot more than that. 
her response to you is, wait, wait, you're moving now? I never said or meant I'm set, and I didn't think you would be leaving halfway through. I can't prove I make three times the income. I presume you weren't even working that you got laid off at that point, correct? All right. When you asked if I was okay on money, I thought that meant with you until lockdown was over, not permanently. To which you respond, Cassandra, I'm going to call the landlord right now. Maybe you could move into a one bedroom or have a roommate. Obviously, it's impossible to get a roommate during COVID. Uh, did you speak to the landlord and find out if you could move into a one bedroom? Uh, yes, they said that um, I need 60 days notice to vacate the premises. And if I'm moving into a current apartment, 30 days notice when the lease is up. So, so you weren't able to immediately noticed. move into, all right. And by that point, nope. when all that time would run, the lease would be over. I just feel, and this is critical, do you want to move in with family, she says to you? I don't know. There's just a lot going on. And do we really need to deplete our savings for an apartment that could let us out of the lease potentially with what's going on? We're students and we're both 19 years old. This is just the nature of what my parents are saying. Okay. That doesn't look to me like constructive eviction. That looks to me like we're confusing two things. We are confusing what you can get away with with what you must do. Now, you know, that's not unusual advice for um, a 19-year-old to hear. Oh, it's COVID. No one's paying their rent. The governor has postponed uh, evictions. Uh, there's nothing they can do and blah, blah, blah. That is different and completely distinct from what your legal obligations are. When someone comes to court, they're asking me to enforce the legal obligations. Because see, the problem is, you know, maybe this landlord can't go to court and evict you guys, but the day's gonna come when the governor lifts the restriction, and you know what's gonna happen? People are gonna owe money. It's not like the governor can say, you don't have to pay rent all these months. There'll be a judgment against the two of you. That's how that works. There's still a legal obligation. So, um, I, based on yes, the emails I'm... No, don't... Everybody stop talking. Based on the emails that I'm... I mean, the text that I'm looking at, here's what I see. I see on April 1st that the plaintiff starts to finally realize what's happening, Okay. And you say to her, I just want to let you know that you're still currently on the lease and I do not approve of you being released from said agreement that we both agreed to in terms of one year. Then she responds to that on April 22nd, all that time later saying, I got your text about your expectations and a bill in the mail, whatever, Erica. I've tried working this out with you multiple times. I don't really get what you're trying to do at this point. I don't live there. Essentially, I haven't lived there since right after Christmas because your boyfriend who isn't on the lease basically moved in. The two of you were both on drugs on multiple occasions. It was toxic and that's not even the half of it. In addition, it's unsafe and we had talked about it multiple times. You were doing all this comfortably without a care in the world, blowing up our friendship and now all you want is money that's not how this works trying to leverage me and force me to pay rent after all this which is pretty funny pretty funny because what it is is you're trying to make clear what your legal position is and then she tries to make clear on april 22nd all that time later what her legal position is and the first time that we hear anything that sounds like constructive eviction is april 22nd so if it looks like a duck quacks like a duck and walks like a duck it's a duck it's COVID. And I understand the advice that, the, that you know, her parents were giving her. Hey, you know what? The landlord probably won't chase you. That's separate and distinct from what's going to happen. 
what you might get away with and what your legal obligations are are completely different. The legal obligation is twofold. One is to the landlord and the other is to the roommate who you promised to be in a lease with for an entire year. Okay? So I find that you are in fact responsible for the half of the rent until the end of the lease and for the utilities until the end of the lease because that was your agreement. I find that you coming at this late date to claim that it was a constructive eviction all those months earlier is not supported by any of the evidence in this case. And I'm ordering you to pay the plaintiff your share, which is $1,664.58. Well, the defendant just got a good lecture from the judge. She is going to have to pay that $1,664. Let's talk to her and see what she thinks about it. Ms. Lavoy, tell me what your reaction is to the judge's decision. How do you feel? I knew this could have been the outcome, and I know this could have happened, but ultimately, I'm glad I made the decision that I made to be in a safer, healthier environment. I didn't want to be surrounded by that, and I'm going to continue to stick with that. I just wanted to be happy and healthy. That's all. Okay. Well, you know, that's good enough. You're going to have to pay her either way. Let's now talk to the plaintiff, Ms. Calliman, and find out how she feels about the case, the outcome, which she just won. Erica, what, let me ask you, for, maybe I missed it. What happened? Are you still in the apartment, or did you leave? Um, no, I actually, I'm in my new apartment right now. Um, tile floors, everything's great. <laughs> I moved about a week ago. Okay. Not bad. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think it was fair for you to let your boyfriend come over there so often? I mean, that really kind of turned her off. Um, the end... The, the, the friendship's well, over. When you know? she said something, I, I did have it like kind of more under control. And there's a lot more to that story than <laughs> is told for sure. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Congratulations. You're going to get paid after all. Good thing you sued her. All right. So now, let us join Judge Millian and her husband, Judge John. He's a judge, too, for another session of After the Verdict. All right. Well, Marilyn, it sounds like you thought it was more than just a coincidence that <laughs> coronavirus strikes when the defendant goes to the Northeast and then suddenly doesn't want to return. Right. right. But it was horrible. I mean, look, COVID affected everyone. Everybody hurt. Everybody had, you know, some people had very serious health problems. Other people had financial problems. So it's not that I'm unsympathetic to those things, but let's just call it what it is. Don't turn around and say, oh, no, no, she was such a drug addict. That's why I was constructively evicted, just right. so you don't have to pay anything. Right. Because on top of the fact that you left her with all the bills, now you're going to end up calling her, you know, like the worst thing that's ever happened. And that's why you don't feel like paying. I, I thought that was... Well, things, things got really weird in our household right when coronavirus hit. Um, I was out there. I went skiing. I skied with my cousin. So I skied with him for three days. I was with him in his home, in his car, eating all three meals a day with him. And then on the last day skiing, this is in mid-March, he suddenly starts feeling sick. So I fly home, back to Maryland. The kids are not at home initially. They were away. Which was a good thing. By just pure luck. And then he calls us and says he's got coronavirus. That's right. So you and I race out, and we get tested, and we tell the kids, don't come home. Right. So, For 14, almost 14 days. We right. ended up getting our results on the 10th day or 11th day. The kids and the dog. Quarantine. Kids and the, the dog. Kids. And I got to say, it was hard Although, being away from the dog. It was hard being away from the dog. It was kind of peaceful being away from the kids, but it was kind of hard being away from the dog. 
In fact, if I recall correctly, before we got our results, we actually drove over and picked up the dog from yeah. the yard. And a little then therapy. For a little dog therapy. Exactly. Right. Oh, well. Right. But, you know, it's just, look, every, everybody's got a deficit because of this. But I just, I just didn't, I really didn't like that she tried to throw her under the bus like she's uh, just to wiggle out of paying it. And, uh, you know, there are people who aren't paying rent. There is, in every state, there are governors who are postponing the writ of possession. Right. That means the last step of the lawsuit where you, you know, you, you dr the marshals drag the person out. Because so you can stay in the house until that writ of possession is executed, right? Right, but you can. But the meter is running. You're not supposed to, but you do. The meter is running for the landlord. That's right, and what people need to understand is that at some point when the writ of possession, the, the prohibition against that is lifted, right. the, the meter is running, and all those months of rent, those landlords are gonna sue for it. And you could end up with a big judgment against it. Right. That's gonna right. follow you. In other words, the obligation's still there. Right. Peter, there is something you're not telling me here. And that's why I'm not going to give you a yes or no. If you hired somebody to build a deck for you and they just didn't do it and won't give you your money back, clearly, if that's all there is, you can get your money back. The problem is, why won't he do the work? Is there something more I don't know? Get back to me. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Sandra Serrano. She says she was being neighborly and helped out the defendant when he found himself in a money jam. He paid her back some, but still owes her a whopping $756. The defendant lives across the street from her. He hides when he sees her, and she's here suing him for every penny of the money she is definitely owed. This is the defendant, James Rose. He says the plaintiff is jealous. He's spending time with another woman, and this is what this lawsuit's about. He doesn't owe her anything because he paid her back already for any loan she made him. The spiteful woman's now trying to sue him for gifts, and he refuses to pay her for gifts. He's accused of being unneighborly. All parties, please use your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says she was just being neighborly when she loaned the defendant money, a money that he needed, and he won't pay her back. Now, the defendant is saying this is a woman scorned, and he, she is just pissed off because he is seeing other women. It's the case of howdy, neighbor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Serrano, what's happening here? Why are you suing your neighbor? Um, I'm suing my neighbor. Um... Actually, he came, <clears throat> he bought some money from me because he owed some um, bills and some other things. So I helped him out in a lot of ways. And um, he gave me $100, and then um, his mom came in June, uh, June 2019. She gave me, she paid me $500, and um, I... I had kept texting him, and let, I was being nice about it. I wasn't being mean about it, and he kept ignoring my texts. He wouldn't answer my texts. I, all I want is my money back because I was such a nice person. Yeah, how, tell me the money. circumstances under which you ended up loaning him money. 
Why were you loaning him money? He couldn't pay for his bills, like his Verizon bill, his gas bill, um, um, a dog, uh, dog payments. Right, but I got to tell you, I've, I've lived in a lot of neighborhoods. I've never had my neighbors pay my bills. So I'm kind of wondering, were you sweet on him? Did you guys have a relationship of any kind or? Oh, no, no way. No, no way. No. no. All right. No so you, how did it come up that he was having helpful. trouble paying his bills? Um, he called me and let me know. So how did he have your number? You were obviously friends. Well, we were friends. Yes, we were friends. Until uh, we were friends. All right. I never talked to him when he was married to his wife. Okay. Oh, well, ooh, the fact that you pointed that out to me makes me wonder if you were sweet on him. No, never. Nothing went on between you two? No. No. Okay. But he, he just, I'm going to pay you back. That's all he kept telling me. I feel bad because I haven't paid you back. Okay, Mr. Rose, let me, let me ask you, what's going on here? Why is your neighbor making you all these loans and why won't you pay her back? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> it started off because I didn't perceive them as loans. Um, like she said, she was very helpful. And after my divorce, when I, I, my daughter and I came back to the house, I was a single uh, father trying to raise my daughter, doing the best I could. And sometimes we were short. Um, and uh, we used to talk almost every day, Sandy and I, Miss um, Serrano. And... Um, yeah, it just so happened that uh, I was helping them to uh, water the lawn when they were having the floors redone in the house. So they were out for the summer. And when she came back, she gave me $200. Didn't say it was a loan. I didn't ask for it. Um, when I said, what's this for? She says, it's to help you out. I know you guys need it. That seemed to be the beginning of this. Um, and then that was, I don't remember if it was 2016, a summer or a summer of 2017, but then towards the uh, holiday season in December, just before Christmas, um, she said she wanted to help us out, my daughter and I out. And um, she asked me to send her copies of my bills, my utility bills, and she wanted to pay them. Um, it wasn't a loan. It was something she said she wanted to help me with. And so do you have any evidence that it was a gift? Like, do you have texts from her or emails where she's saying, oh, I want to help you out. This is my Christmas gift. Do you have any proof that they were? No. Because normally, um, you, you know, normally neighbors don't do that. They don't pay your bill. Oh, they, they don't pay your utility bills. So um, sure. if you you are not denying that she paid the utility bills and it was December of 2017, correct? Yes. Miss Serrano, if you're expecting to get paid back, did you bother to write up a promissory note or have any written documentation of the loan? Uh, no, because I, um, when I got a new phone... Okay, I, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear the whole sob story. Tell me about the dog payments. According to her, she loaned you money for dog payments. Is that, is that accurate, but you say they were gifts? No, uh, that's the, the first I heard about dog payments is when she started making demands of me in uh, 2019 and then she was claiming all these other payments did you that buy I had a dog no and i have a question for you did you buy a sure. dog and make monthly payments on your dog i did yes okay that's a really unique circumstance i haven't it heard sure that is. and i've been around a long time okay so yeah. how would she know it unless you know she was involved in that transaction why would she even know that you were doing that 
According to you, well, how much money did you, you loan him for the dog payments, ma'am, Ms. Serrano? One payment was $200, and then he, he owed the last payment of 240 And let me ask you a question. How are you keeping track of all the money that you were bestowing upon your neighbor? I wrote it down every time I'd give him money. But you didn't have him sign it, did you? No. Because I didn't think... All right, now, this, like there's that. also... You're also suing for a $400 loan separate from the 440 What's the 400 Does that include the, the, the money that he says you gave him for watering the lawn? Uh, no, I never gave him money for watering the lawn. Okay, so you have no idea what he's talking about what there. Are you talk no. I'm asking you, why are you suing him for an additional $400 of loans? When and where and how did you give an additional $400 of loans besides the utility bills you paid and besides the dog payments? You are also suing for $400 in loans. He asked me for $200 for a payment, and then he asked me again for another $200 for a payment. I didn't know what payment he was, what he's going to pay. Okay, do you have any proof of that money going from you to him? Anything at all? Okay, so here's what we have, folks. We have, and, and according to you, why do you think that she's um, trying to sue you now to make payment? That, I don't really know. It came out of the blue for me. Um, when it started to come up, then I said, well, she must, the only money that I've gotten from her was this. So I started adding it up, and I came up with, around $500. So that's what I gave her thinking, you know, because Except I didn't want to lose not. the You gave her $100 and then your mother gave her $500. So you actually paid $600. Right. So I don't think you yes. know what you owe. Let me ask you a question. Um, there are texts back and forth between you guys. And in those texts, she asks you um, last year, hi, can you give me 300 tomorrow? I am waiting for your response because you're kind of ghosting. Uh, and she says, I can, you say, I cannot pay you tomorrow. I wish that I could, but I just don't have it. I've been making progress on getting caught up on things. And then they stopped my social security payments this month. Someone reported that I am not injured. Tell me about that. So when things got ugly, uh, well, when the demand started coming for money, um, it seemed to coincide with an investigation that was open through Social Security Disability. Um, and I thought it was quite a coincidence. Um, oh, did you think she but, called it on you? Oh, yeah. Okay. and that, But let's talk about what it is that we're talking about. You were receiving Social Security for what? For, for disability. disability? Yes. And then Social yes. Security did what? They opened up an investigation because somebody called them and said, he's not disabled. Well, and what ended what up happening with those payments? They stopped. What ended up happening with that, the investigation? Oh, they stopped. So you weren't injured. Were you injured or you weren't injured? Oh, yeah. They found you yeah, weren't. They sent me to, yeah, they sent me to the doctor. But uh, um, there was no question about the injury after I went to see their doctor. But then it seemed to be a okay, question so about it, there was something ahead. else that, that was going on. So um, now they want me to file uh, tax returns. Um, so... They've held up the payments, but the injury, okay. of course, that was what they first went after, but it, the doctor said that I was indeed injured. Okay. Did she but make you a $400 loan at any time? No. Okay. All right. Um, so we have this very strange circumstance where we have a neighbor gifting lots and lots of money to you. Why do you suppose she would do that? Did she like you? I don't know. Um, that there was, 
there were some gifts which I thought were odd, but we were friends. You know, I got to tell you, Miss Serrano, I don't get it, okay? I get it if you do that and there's something in it for you. I get it if you like them and there's something in it for you. I don't get it all while you're sitting around paying a neighbor's bills. I haven't lived in one area in my life where there's any neighbor. I need to move because I have never lived anywhere where someone's asking me, tell me all about your bills. I want to pay for them. I mean, it is such an odd thing to do. That's why I keep pressing you to try to find out more of this story. So it is what it is. You're not going to get all the money that you're seeking because there are things that he admits, like the utilities, and then there are things that he doesn't admit, okay? There are things that he doesn't admit. Um, the loan payments for the dogs, I'm going to allow. The utilities, I'm going to allow. The amorphous loan that you don't know when, where, and how, with no documentation of it, the $400, I am not going to allow. He's paid you back some of it. If I deduct the $400 loan, then that means that the only thing he still has to pay you is $356, and I am finding in your favor in the amount of the $356. Good luck, folks. Thank you. Uh, let me talk to you, Mr. Rose, the, uh, the defendant here. You must be one lucky guy. Why do you think she is paying so many of your bills? Being that it was around the time of the holidays, I figured that genuinely she was really doing a good deed and wanted to help us out. Uh, but the, the rest of the stuff that she's claiming is completely false. And then well, to end up having to let go me, to court Let me point it, out, I, the, judge, the judge believed her, and you're going to have to yeah. pay her more than 300 bucks. Ms. Serrano, you have mystified the judge in your actions. You know that. She can't believe you did what you did. I know. But, um, so I guess you won't be giving him any more money. That's for sure, right? Uh, no. I just, I'm done. And I'm glad it's done with. I don't have to deal with him anymore. Well, good for you. All right. Well, you filed the lawsuit and you won, so congratulations. All right. Let us join Judge Millian and her husband, Judge John, now for another edition of After the Verdict. How'd you feel about the uh, Social Security payments that stopped for fraud? Well, I did see that when you were looking that over that um, when the text message exchange happened between the parties here, um, he just simply remarked that uh, someone reported that I'm not hurt. Not, someone told them I wasn't injured. Somebody, not somebody someone about, falsely claimed right, I wasn't injured. There wasn't a lot of indignation. No. It's kind of odd, but uh, be that as it may. Uh, at the end of the day, I guess he was trying to get you to believe that she gave him the money just for that warm all over glow of doing hey, something. Hey, listen, that's why I push so hard on these cases to try to understand the ulterior motive. Right. Because, you know, yes, you could just be wanting to help your fellow man, but you really, a good rule of thumb is don't do that unless you can watch the money walk. Right. Um, you know, if you can't afford to watch the money walk, then don't, just don't do that, oh, you know? Point. Or, you know, just give them a gift and let them pay their bills. But it's just, it, 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 the whole thing was kind of off-putting. And I, I don't understand what was going on there and why she would do that. Um, and, and if you expect to get paid, you really should be getting it in writing that they're going to pay you back and when and how they're going to pay you back. Hopefully you know, she's learned her lesson. I hope so. But, you know, so have, when I see these cases and they march in front of me all the time, I just want to throttle the plaintiffs for, 
for, you know, and it's it's almost always women and it's almost right. just laying out all that money and then right. coming later and complaining about it. Right. But, you know, if there's a circumstance where I believe that it was supposed to be paid back, then I believe her. You know, he was in shock because there was nothing in writing. But the truth is, it, her testimony to me was believable right. because there were all these texts throughout the ages where she's saying to him, when are you going to pay me back? When are you going to pay me back? And he doesn't say, what are you talking about? They were gifts. No, his response is, I just don't have the money. Right, that was a big clue. There's no contemporaneous exchanges between them where he's indignant and saying, well, what, what do you mean? What money? Right. It's just, yeah, right. I'll, I'm working on it. Right. 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 And there you have it. I'm going to give you the single word that is magic in court, and that is preparation. Evidence. Bring evidence to court. Pictures, video, documents. Everything is about evidence and witnesses. It's all about how to prove your case, how to tip the scales so you are more convincing than your adversary. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.